Welcome to GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Tate Frazier, and sitting across from me on this lovely Saturday morning, Mr. Mike Lombardi. Saturday sit-down, Tate Frazier. Hey, this is unlike any other day. You're verified. You got the shout-out by Steph. I mean, how many people uh. get shout-out by Steph Curry? I mean, really, seriously. Like, I've spent my whole life trying to meet Bruce Springsteen. I mean, that's been the one thing. And you get Steph Curry shout-out. Like, it's remarkable. It's one step away from the guy. That's my, a Springsteen song, too, yeah, right there. One okay. step away. See, that was right on top of it. I would say this. Michael Jordan is my Springsteen. Steph Curry, I believe, is the Michael Jordan of my young, you know, yeah. uh, cousins and stuff. So everyone was excited, but like I said, you're nobody until Twitter says you're somebody. So you are somebody now. You're verified. I mean, there is only one of you now in the world. They can't. You know, to know when you're really going to be good is when you get a fake Tate, Tate Frazier account up there, which oh. is going to happen soon. I yeah. predict. I predict. I got that crystal ball. A lot of North Carolina thoughts and takes out there from those fake accounts. I'm Can sure. I tell you how sad I am, Tate Frazier? Why are you so sad? You should be happy. The Jets are back. The Jets won. Congratulations, Mick. Yeah. Nice weekend. Thank my little you, grand. Mick. He gets to spend two days with my grandson, Dominuch. He can, he can <laughs> hang out. All right. But what I'm really upset about is Deshaun Watson. That killed me. Oh. That broke my heart. I have alerts on my phone for certain players and certain teams, and it's specific people. Yeah, it's a, a select group. My phone, when it buzzed, I was like, what was that about? And as soon as I read it, I just, broke my, my heart. heart sunk. I it mean, broke my heart. I think. I hope we didn't jinx him by by being so excited about him and talking about him so much. But everybody was. I mean, but we everyone, were the only yeah. Ones. I'm, we were just all, I'm thinking collectively a society, we not just GM We just Street. did it a lot earlier than everybody else. But I just, it's sad. Although I will say this, life goes on. He'll be back. He played a game with a torn ACL. I mean, remember that mm-hmm. the, the game. But I don't know how the Texans players get ready to play. I know they're playing the Colts this week. And that line was at 13. Not that we know anything about lines, but Sal told me that line was at 13. <laughs> I listened to Cousin Sal and Bill. Good. But if the Colts are ever going to win one on the road, now's the time to do it. And this also opens up the division for Jacksonville. A lot of people were, yeah. you know, thought the Jaguars were a darker team in the AFC South, and now looks like a... But who knows, you know? At one point, Bill O'Brien thought Tom Savage was better than Deshaun Watson, right. so we'll and see what happens And how'd that. that work out for Not him. so great. Not and so now, great. What's that commercial on, <laughs> on Spectrum they talk about with, the, with all the people, and the guy says, and now we know there's nothing. That yep. He knows. Yep. We got five games, Tate Frazier. Yeah, Let's five hit them. games. Let's run them through. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this is game number one of the week. Buccaneers are going to take on the New Orleans Saints, NFC South battle and uh should be a fun one you know I, I think everybody thinks well the saints five game win streak they're playing really better on defense timeout they're not really playing great on defense okay there's a lot of areas where they match up as bad as the bucks they've been fortunate in some games i think if the bucks can play their style they can win this game i think it'll be a really close game i think they've all been three-point games they've split two and two the last times they played each game has been seven points or under when they play. The matchup favors the Bucks here. Yeah. I know it doesn't sound like it should, but when you look at it, the Saints, they allow you to run the football on them. They've been lucky. They've given up more big plays. I think Jameis Winston's going to have his day. I think this is the coming out party. I really like the Bucks, And if they don't win here, the season's over with for them. I like the Bucks here. I know it's a hard place to play in the Dome, but I like the Bucks. I was going to say, just offhand, when you watch these NFC South games, for whatever reason, it feels like this week, going to this week, just in my head, I was like, I think the Bucks will probably beat the Saints. The Saints have been on this run. Eventually, it's going to turn the other way. Right. And no, they're not it's going to be yeah. Tampa Bay. Usually and, and, when it it and when you do team. the numbers, I mean, these are the two worst third-down teams in football. The Bucks are actually worse than the Saints. Both teams can't rush the passer. Both teams are not very good going down in the red area. So I just think, to me, when you look at it, most total yards in 2017 – New Orleans is the second best team at 390. The Bucs are 376. They're fourth. So it's a closer game than people think. And I think when you look at it 
And when you really examine it, this is the one time I think the Bucks. this is their last moment. If they don't win this one, they can pack it in for sure. Yeah, they're not going to be in the hard knocks next season. Next up, we had the Los Angeles Rams going to the New York Giants. The undefeated Rams on the road, okay? And what's the formula for the Rams to win? Everybody says, well, you know, Jared Goff's playing so much better. Jared Goff in the last four weeks, they're three and one. Jared Goff averages 6.4 yards per attempt. He's thrown four touchdowns, three interceptions. What the Rams have done, and Sean McVay, brilliant coach, what he's done offensively, my hat's off to him. What they've done is they run the football. This is why they win. They've been able to run the football. And when they run it more than 25 times, they win no matter where they play. I think the Giants played their best run defense of the year before the bye week when they went out to Denver and they played well. They got wore down against Seattle, didn't play as well. I think this is the Giants' statement game. The Rams are not going to go undefeated on the road. I think the Giants have enough in them. Now, whether they can block the front, I don't know. They'll move the ball effectively on the Rams, but I think this is the Giants' statement game. They can get off the field. They'll create some problems. Now, remember this. Sean McVay was the offense coordinator for the Redskins last year, so he's competed against Spagnola's scheme. They both know each other. There's familiarity within the scheme. I think that'll favor the Giants here. Absolutely. Uh, that'll be a fun one. I just will say this. Todd Gurley, he's a fun MVP pick. He's been the man. I mean, he has really been the man. I mean, look, they've done a great job of running him. They've been work him in. They've been Jacksonville without announcing that they're just going to give the ball to the yeah, running 127 back. yards per game as a team. I mean, I mean they've done a great job yeah. with that. McVay does a great job with formations. And look, Goff hasn't played. Like everyone said, well, what's Goff's numbers? If you look at his numbers the last four weeks, they're 3-1. and one, But he hasn't turned the ball. He hasn't lost games. They've managed him perfectly. I'll just say this. Eli Manning has thrown more touchdowns than Jared Goff. So for everyone that's saying that, you know, we're going to coordinate him this year and say that he's on. Yeah. I mean, he's still he's still managing the game. He's a game manager. There you go, Tate Frazier. Next up, we got the uh, Denver Broncos taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, the number the, one team in the NFL. The number one team in the NFL versus the number one run defense. These are two of the best run defenses in football. And I know the heist is playing. I understand that. And look, I've named him the heist, and I have my trepidations about him being there. But these are the two teams that, to me, this is the Broncos' last stand. This mm -hmm. is their season right here. They've got to play well. And they match up well against the Eagles, at least from this standpoint. They can play man-to-man -man against the Eagles' offense, and they can rush the passer. And they are right tackle. Their right end can rush, whether it's they put Von Miller over there or they put – Barrett over there, or they put the other kid who just came back, Shane, Shane Ray, Ray yep. over there. I mean, they can rush the passer, and they can cover. I think they can create some turnovers. Carson Wentz is loose with the ball in the pocket. They're going to need their defense to win this game. I think that the line, whatever, seven points, I think it's going to be a really close game. I don't think the Eagles are going to blow anybody out. This is Denver's last song. They get Emmanuel Sanders back. Denver is going to play them as hard as anybody. And look, when you're 7-1, and the other team is desperate, I'm always going to pick the desperate team. Absolutely. And then Shane Ray last week, for people that didn't see, he had a little bit of rust. He had a couple offside penalties. And once they get those two guys, him and Miller, on the ends, I mean, that's a, that's a scary right. defense. And the other thing is, too, the Eagles, look, the Eagles are the seventh team in the National Football League in terms of calling penalties against them. They're not as disciplined as people think. They make mistakes. They've just been able to overcome on third down. And that's what plays into the strength of the Broncos. The Broncos are a great third down defense. They can get off the field because they can rush and they are athletic enough to tackle. The key thing is tackling Wentz. And when we have that third and long, those third and longs against them, that left side of the line without Peters, and you got Ray coming up the field. Wentz, if he can't break those tackles and get away and make big plays down the field, that's, then we're going to see them. That's where I see it. Yeah. And I think, look, the, the key challenge is Philly's the number one team in time possession in the league, but Denver's the fourth team in time possession. So I think Denver's got to do a good job of trying to manage the heist. It'll be fascinating to see. I'm going to be rooting for the height. No, I'm not. I can't. Okay. <laughs> I'm pulling for you, Brock. Right. Next up, we have the Baltimore Ravens 
taking on the Tennessee Titans. Ooh. I can't believe this game is on your list. Uh, I don't well, know because if I want to watch why. it. I think this, it I think fun, this could I be a wild. This is a wild card implication game. Yeah. Okay, this game's going to come down to if the Titans don't win the division and Jacksonville does. This game's going to come down to who gets the wild card. So this game has a lot of meaning in it in terms of, of it's it's week playoff not implications. playoff implications. Thank you for filling in. Remember, I went to Hofstra, so I'm a little slower. <laughs> so it's funny. The Ravens are a unique defense. They've been blown out by Jacksonville, but they've shut out two opponents. They've shut out Miami. They've shut out Cincinnati. They've played better on the road this year than they ever had. Their run defense can play good when they have to, and they have to stop Marcus Mariota from running the ball on second down. That's when he really runs the football. And their offense, to me, as the Ravens face the Titans off, is too vanilla. Like, there's no speed on the outside. They don't make any big explosive plays. And the way to beat the Ravens is they can't tackle in space. They struggle with that. I think it's a great matchup for Baltimore. Baltimore limits the run game, puts the pressure on Mariota to try to throw it. They can handle that. And then Baltimore makes plays down the field against them. I like Baltimore in this game. I think Baltimore has the field goal kicker. It'll be a close game, and I favor their field goal kicker. Can you yeah. imagine that you favoring a field goal kicker? I love it. Justin Tucker, idiot. he's an all-star. And finally, we did it. We're game five now. We're going to take the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, and Zeke's back. How lucky is the clapper? <laughs> At the end of the season, we need to do a clap count and a suspension count. How many times are we going to decide that Zeke Elliott's not going to play and then we decide he can? It's unbelievable. Do you ever, do you ever watch My Cousin Vinny? Yes. It's a great so movie. That's a great movie, right? Yes. I'm convinced the clapper must have my man, Joe Pesci, who is Gallo. Remember, yeah. it's no, it's Jerry Callow, and he spells it out. <laughs> I think he must have him as his attorney, <laughs> right? Just keeps coming in. Just keeps yeah. coming in with a different suit and keeps getting Elliott like off the hook. It's yep. too good, right? Staying up all night, making phone calls. Right. Uh, but let, but all, in all seriousness, this is the perfect matchup for the Dallas Cowboys. Why? They're a zone team. Kansas City struggles when they play zone defenses. They keep all eyes on the quarterback. Kansas City defensively is the untold secret. They're not very good. They turn the ball over. That You can move the ball up and down the field on them. And they give away running game. It's a bend but don't break. And then Marcus Peters with the strip. Will strip the ball. They yep. make a play. And Dallas can protect the football. Dallas can run the ball against them. Dallas matches up against the defensive front. I think Dallas can dominate the game. And I think if as long as they don't give up the big play down the field and make Kansas City have to matriculate it, as Hank Stram once said, down the field – I think this is a good matchup for the Dallas Cowboys. I think it'll be hard. Andy Reid's a good coach. I think he'll have some wrinkles. But once we get in the second half, I think the Cowboys' offensive line takes over the game and Dak can make some plays. I like Dallas a lot here. I do too. And when you look at, I mean, with Ezekiel Elliott on that on the field for them, I mean, they're just a totally different team. Imagine Thanks if, to Jerry Callow. Yeah, imagine. Callow. <laughs> imagine they had made a trade for Demarco Murray, which was rumored, and then Zeke still gets to play. Can you this imagine? Week. Yeah, I, I would I mean, have been well, insane. That's a great point. Like yeah. I, I would have been the one who'd been an idiot to make that because I was all for making the trade for Murray. But you know, they keep get a stay of execution. They keep getting moving forward. I'm going to have to hire. You think Callow will represent me as my agent in my next contract negotiation? Yeah, absolutely. We need that's him. brilliant. Yeah. Guy is brilliant. Not for the ringer, though, because then they'd have a lot of money to owe you at that point. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. So that's all we got for this week's Saturday Sit Down. This has been another rousing edition of GM Street. Thank you, Mr. Mike Lombardi. Yeah, we'll look forward to it. I'll be at Tony P's. We'll see you there. Yep, and we'll see you Sunday night. Thank you. 